This episode is brought to you by Cognito Studios, a photography studio based in Abuja. Visit them today for the best portraits in the city. Welcome, one and all, to the Young God Podcast, a podcast for gods, yo. I'm your host, Rodney Omakache, and if you've been following the episodes closely this season, you remember that I made the announcement about hosting a live podcast session at the Abuja International Photography Festival. My session happened to be on the first day, and I was joined by my friend and fellow photographer, Sean Asala of Cognito Photography Studios, which also happens to be one of this season's sponsors. Please join me in thanking them for you know, agreeing to be part of this journey. It means so much uh, to me. But, um... Yeah, back to Sean. He started out as a, as a doctor, and now he's a photographer. Can you imagine? Basically, he used to save lives. Now he immortalizes them. Boom. And during our 45-minute session, we talked about how soft skills like empathy, self-awareness, and the like help us to be better at our crafts. We shared personal stories and, and anecdotes of how understanding our personalities and inclinations helped us be more intentional. Sean's perspectives are particularly important because he is your typical introvert in a profession that is seemingly dominated by extroverts. He shared insights on how he's able to compensate for his weaknesses in order to take his game to the next level. And I feel like I should let you know that this conversation almost didn't make it to this episode because, get this, I mistakenly deleted the audio files. At my big age, I still let things like that happen. Man, and just when I was about to give up and cut my losses, I remembered that the festival made a version of the the session available on their Facebook page. Oh my lucky stars. So basically, what you'll be hearing is audio from the festival's organizers and not from my personal feed, which would explain the sound quality. It's not bad. It's just not young God. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, there's a lot to learn and I hope you find it useful in your own lives, in your own endeavors. You know, not just in the quote-unquote creative aspect of things. Like, you don't have to be a photographer or graphic designer or whatever else to benefit from this. You just have to be open-minded and open to learning new things. And I bet you it will make all the difference. Oh, and, and one more thing. To round up this episode, I shared a couple of voice messages sent in by fans of the show. And it's so refreshing to not be the only voice on this podcast sometimes. Even I get sick of my own voice. So do listen to what fellow listeners have to say and hopefully it moves you to send your own thoughts and feedback in. And that's that's coming up after my conversation with Sean. So stay tuned. Enjoy the show. As a, as a photographer who's going maybe into my fifth, sixth year in the in the, in the craft, 
I'm more focused on the on the um, the emotional value of my work than the technical aspects. Like these days, someone can see my work and ask me, "What was the gear you used?" And I cannot remember. I cannot even tell you. But all I know is that I can tell you how I felt. I can tell you what I saw that drew me that that drew me to that shot. Yeah. I can tell you maybe even my state of mind, whether I was I was. Uh, doubtful i can tell you you know those little things that in the end make the shot valuable what i went through yeah the the, the gear details are you know you can see it in the, in the metadata if you really need to know yeah. you get what i'm saying but the stories that actually happen behind the scenes that the metadata can never ever capture that's really what i'm trying to master i want i want when people see my work to you know to feel something you know deeply in fact, George Oshodi, who, who happens to be here today, he said something that Osazeb uh, mentioned on the podcast earlier. He said that deep calls to deep. And what that said to me was that if you, if you know yourself in a deep way, you can recreate in a deep way. And when you, when you create in a deep way, it will resonate deeply in someone else who views it. Because in the end, you know, depth is truth. We're trying to like, arrive at the truth of an image when you shoot documentary shots. In fact, any shots, whether it's weddings, portraits, you're trying to arrive at the, sh at, at the truth of the, the model, the subject, the matter, the outfit. You're trying to find something that cannot be put into words, but when you see it, you just know. So for me, to arrive at that, I feel like I have to get better as a person at, at you know, being self-aware, being empathetic towards the needs of um, my, my, my audience. And, and my model, which is very, very key. I'll, I'll tell you a story, right? Um, so one of, one of my most high-profile shoots to date was when I shot um, Yakubu Dogara, uh, if you're familiar with him. Who's familiar with Yakubu Dogara here? No one? Really? Really? <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, so um, I was invited to shoot him for the cover of his book, his autobiography. So when I was invited to, shoot, to, to do the shoot, I was informed that there was another photographer who did the, sh the job before, but he messed up. It was, a, it was a botched job. So I was called in as the, the second option. You know? So when I got there, everybody was on edge. All his aides and staff were, you know, everybody was forming shoulder, trying to you know, prove that you know, we know what you guys do. You guys are not reliable. So they were trying to put me in my place, trying to treat me in some kind of way. And I sensed that, so, you know, just with a little bit of humility and grace, I was just, okay, do what you gotta do. When it's time, you guys know what I'm about. You get that kind of thing. So we're waiting for uh, Dugar to calm down from, because we're in his house. And while we're waiting, the, the guards were like, you see this chair? This is Oga's chair. Nobody's supposed to sit in this chair, okay? They made the, intimidated me to make me feel like, you know, put me in my place. All right, so about an hour later, uh, he comes down, ready to go, and he's like, okay, I have only 45 minutes. Can we do this in 45 minutes? I'm like, no problem, let's go. So the first thing I did was I wanted to establish a kind of rapport with him. So, and this is key because as photographers, we tend to think, how do you say, lowly of our, of our craft sometimes, our profession. You know, so when we're in the midst of people who are, you know, like politicians or whatever else, we kind of like, come down a little bit. So I wanted to, to um, go against that stereotype for a second. So when I, when I met him, you know, I shook his hand strongly, made eye contact. I, uh, I had my, uh, my team with me, my stylist and makeup artist and also creative director so that they would take pressure off me from doing all those other things. I could just focus on 
this guy. You know that you get that kind of thing. So over the course of the shoot, we started out. I would come, tell him what to do, speak to him in his language, adjust his tie. I would come make contact with him. And his aides were getting, you know, uncomfortable with that. Because why is this guy touching our girl? But eventually, the guy himself started to get into the feel of things. He started to, you know, ask, is my chin okay? You know, should I bring it down? What do you think? What are you seeing? And I'll be like, no, sir, you're, you're okay. Just, I'll, I'll let you know. You know, and he was very, he became very enthusiastic. And now a shoot that should have been 45 minutes was three hours. You get that kind of thing. He would himself go up, bring new outfits. We had like seven outfit changes. We're talking about the fourth most powerful guy in the country at the time, trying to, you know, be a model. <laughs> you get that kind of thing. So that, that uh, situation and how we felt after it kind of let me know that there's, there's merits to, you know, letting your personality shine through in a shoot. You get that kind of thing. So how about you? Do you have any stories where you felt like, as a photographer, either your personality lets you down or, you know, lifted you up in a situation? Okay, so um, I'll start with how it let me down. <laughs> All right, so um, most people are a, a, a combination of introverts and extroverts, all right? But some people lean towards one side more than the other. In certain circumstances, I can be extroverted, but naturally, my default setting, I'm a solo guy, all right? I like to just do things on my own. And I used to shoot a lot of weddings when I started. And it made my, I mean, that, 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 that un, um, being uncomfortable in, 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 the, in the presence of, you know, just loud, large crowds and all the hustle and bustle and all, while I'm trying to do my creative work, you know, it let me down a couple of times. Because, um, for instance, you know, you get to that point in a wedding where maybe at the reception, you've done most of the pictures for the bride and groom, okay? And you now need to start taking pictures of guests. You now need to start walking around and taking portraits of guests. They've told you that don't miss this table. That's my uncle, that's my sister, my auntie. I just feel uncomfortable walking up to people to take up their pictures. I've tried and I've tried, I've tried, right? I'm just not that kind of person. I'm, I'm the kind of person that I would stay in the corner here with my zoom lens and, and pick a shot at the other end of the hall, all right? I'm always trying to catch you in an unposed and natural moment. That's just my default setting, okay? And at the end of the day, when you're done with all the pictures, you find out that you've not gotten enough pictures of your guests, all right? So when I became aware, because initially I struggled, you know, I would leave the wedding feeling upset with myself, feeling down. When I became aware that this is me, all right, and I shouldn't beat myself, rather I should try to adjust. So I changed, I, I changed the whole, I mean, my approach to shooting weddings. I made sure that I never shot a wedding without a second shooter. I made sure I picked a second shooter whose strength was in walking up front to, to, to get people's shots, all right? So I, tell, I mean, when we get to the reception, I'm going to be taking detailed shots. Any shot that doesn't have to do with me walking onto people's faces, that's me. When it comes to like taking portraits of people, you handle that, all right? And, and it solved the problem. So I'm, I'm just sharing that to let us know that you need to take time to think and be reflective about your personality and how it comes across, depending on the assignments, okay? If you're shooting, for instance, in the studio, okay, you also need to you need to come out of your shell and develop your, your, your people's skills. Okay, you need to put people in, the, uh, in, in a zone. Okay, so like when I'm working with models, I tell them that just imagine you're an actress in Hollywood. I mean, modeling is acting. You know, you might not feel happy, you might not feel good, but you're acting. You're in the studio now, the lights are on. Put yourself in that place. So I, I, I can paint a scenario. 
I say, imagine you're um, um, Daenerys Targaryen, uh, the queen of the Andes, queen of dragons, you know? How would you feel if you were flying on a dragon? So that picture comes into her brain and she loosens up, all right? And I'd like to also share um, an experience of a friend of mine. Um, some of you know Portraits by MM. We've, you know, she's in Lagos. And we were chatting one day and she told me that she was having a portrait session and the lady, the person she was photographing, broke down in tears and started crying. And I was like, why? What happened? And she was like, she was talking to her, right, to try to get her out of her shell, to try to um, get her into a particular zone for the shoot. And she started, um, you know, talking about the fact that, you, you know, you're beautiful, you know, you're this, you're that, you, you are made by God himself, you know, she was saying all those things just to get the person out of the show. And she broke down crying. And at the end of the day, she found out that it was like, she said that nobody had ever told her that in years. All right? Nobody had ever made her feel like she was worth anything in years. Sorry. All right? <laughs> and she's married. So that already you know, began to tell you about things at home with her husband and so on and so forth. So the point is th that um, as a photographer, your work is not just um, about pointing the camera, getting the shot, and getting the alerts in the, in the bank. You are actually um, making an impact. Okay? You, are, you, 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 are, you are like an evangelist of sorts. Like you, are, you, are, you are showing people a beautiful side of themselves. You're, you're, like, I like the word storyteller. You're a storyteller. You're helping me tell my story. If, I'm, if I come to your studio and you're taking my picture, you're helping me tell my story. All right? Because years from now, I might be at the point of depression. I might be contemplating suicide. But that one shot we took at the studio, because you're able to use, come out of your shell, use your personality and get to me, might be that saving point. All right? So, so I, I think those two examples, you know, you know, comes to tell us how being aware of your personality, understanding your strengths and your weaknesses, all right, and adjusting your approach towards your creative um, endeavor, you know, at the end of the day, ultimately sells. And it's not a day's job. We evolve over time. We evolve over time. Um, the photographer you are now is not the photographer you're going to be five years from now. Sure. All right? Um, you might find out, somebody asked me on a group once that, um, um, you know, this issue of specializing in any field, like what, what, what would you say is your... I, I said, well, I, when I started, I didn't specialize. I was doing everything. I was shooting <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. Just imagine everything. All right. And now I'm gravitating towards a particular type of photography because I'm trying to... I see myself more as a storyteller now and so on. So it's, it's a process. It's a process. Oh, I, I love that. Um, and, and beyond shooting... There's also the editing, which is actually my favorite part of the whole process. And for me, one thing I realized in my, in my work is that I, I, I live a very simple life. I'm a very simple guy. And then when I became conscious of how that affected my photography, I noticed it was my cropping. When I, would, when I would crop images, I would crop to have the least distractions in it. You know, I would, I would like crop in tight on my images. So I, I would think to myself, why do I like this kind of cropping? Why, why, why? And I realized that in every other aspect of my life, I like to, you know, keep things simple, keep things tight, keep things um, very focused. I want, I want the viewer to know exactly what I want to look at at any point in time. So you know, things, things like that help you now understand. So now when I'm going to shoot now, I'm even shooting 
with the sense that when I go to crop, I'm going to crop some things out. So let me, you know, shoot properly to compensate. You get that kind of thing. So you think about that in every aspect of your life. And that's really what the key to, to creativity is, is really, you know, being able to understand yourself and express it as flawlessly as possible. And if you don't know who you are or, or the kind of shooter you are, if you think that just because um, you have the gear that we all shoot the same, we don't. There's a reason why, like he said, he, shoots, he prefers shooting from a distance while someone else likes to get up in your face. There are people who are able to, even if like, like five, people, five photographers will pass and this, this person will say, no, don't, don't take me. But then this one person will come and just, I don't know what he would do or what he would say, and you get the shot and it'd be fine. You get some guys who you find that they're always, they always look bad in photos, but then big H will shoot them and they look. You get, oh yeah, if you want to see someone who really utilizes his personality in his photography, think of Big H and think of Papillon Mexi. Those are two guys, when I see their work, I see that they've been able to, to develop some kind of rapport with their, with, their, with their model, with their subject, and it just shines through. Just go check them out and see what they do. And it's, it's beautiful. And then when you see them in person, you now understand. You get... Um, so I, I think one of the ways, I don't, I don't know about you, but you, you can share, but one of the ways I like to prepare for a shoot to make sure that I'm in a very good state of mind before I meet people, because you know, if you're, if you're not in a good state of mind, you go, you meet people and you just be mad and you now let those feelings affect the shot. So I, I like to make sure I get a good night's rest before every shoot. Like if I know I'm shooting tomorrow, I'm going to bed early, like no two ways about it. Because if you don't sleep well, you know how it's going to affect your mood. You become cranky, you know, you become, you, you become exhausted and fatigued. And when you're fatigued, you miss shots. The shots that you see on a normal day like that, because you're not in your full element, you're kind of like taking the easy way out, you're not thinking as hard, you know, you're not seeing those angles. So, uh, and I like to meditate as well. I think that helps me like really calm down before I enter a shoot. Especially, I won't even lie, with, with, with that Dugara shoot, knowing who he is and knowing like the whole, like the pressure was mounted because this is a reshoot. So I had to like really, really like psych myself up and understand what's at stake. And if you see those shots, he would even say that he, has, he hasn't seen himself in that light before. You know, when you see someone of power, you think of a strictly power shot, you know. But in those shots, you can see he has a little smile, but it's not too much. He has a power pose, but it's not too imposing. You get that kind of thing. So I, I like to give credit to the fact that I was able to give myself some rest, I ate well, full belly. You know, there was no, no reason to distract myself but to let this guy uh, uh, get a shot. So how about you? How do you prepare yourself mentally before you get into a shoot? Okay, so um, I, don't have, I don't always have the luxury of rest. <laughs> I mean, I, I walk around the clock and, um, and, uh, and again, I'm sure many of us too, you know, sometimes when you're hungry, man, you have to go out there and do the work. <laughs> so you might not even have like a good meal and you have to get the job done. Um, but for me, my process is, I'm a, I'm a very mental person. I'm a very visual person. I, I remember those days when I started photography, I would, if I was gonna do a shoot, I would research everything, all right? I would never, I, would, I, I just wouldn't miss it. Even if I was going to take pictures of, I'm telling you, even if it was a passport, if someone asked me to come and take a passport, I would go online and Google how to take passports. Because 
I would just need to see something to inspire me. I learn by, by watching. And that's why I said sometimes you need to understand yourself. I am a visual person. I learn by watching, all right? Um, so I visualize. If I'm going to do a shoot for a VIP, for a model, uh, a product shoot, I visualize. So sometimes I'm heading to my studio and I'm, and I'm pissed off, all right? I'm angry, you know? And um, I, I know that when I get to the studio, if I don't calm down or change my inner environment, it's going to affect the shoot. So I go through that process of becoming aware. And that's where I'm bringing back the topic of emotional intelligence, all right? So first of all, you need to be aware of your emotions. And over the years, I've become more aware of that. So when I'm angry, I know that I'm angry. And I begin to think about why I'm angry. And I begin to think about something to take me out of that level. Okay, and most times, what does it for me is the why of photo, of why I'm doing photography. So I'm heading to the studio and I'm coming to see this client. I'm not doing it because he or she has agreed to pay me the price I asked. All right. So sometimes I who is the stature? Yeah. <laughs> so we start with the money. Yeah. But let me tell you. Let me tell you what I always do. Especially for a client who is trying to, you know, you know, price me down. I'm sure many of us have those experiences. You tell the client, this is your price, and the client says, no, I'm going to pay half, and you negotiate and haggle and all of those things. Um, when you finally arrive at, the, at, the, at your price, I immediately switch to why I'm doing this shot. And, and for me, the, one of the main reasons why I, I, I shoot photography, and some people here who have worked with me would know, I always say that, 20 years down the line, I want to be proud that I took this picture. Okay? Pictures are treasures of humanity. They are treasures of our world, our lifestyle. Um, the world changes. Okay? I've been watching a lot of documentaries on the world war and all those things. The world changes. Well, the, 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 our reality now may change. But photographs are the things that will connect us with the past, are the things that will connect us with the things that we hold important and hold dear. Not just that. I have meditated on the value of photography. All right? So a simple portrait can save a life. I've said it before. A single pre-wedding shot can save a marriage. All right? a, 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 baby, a picture of a baby can save a relationship between a father and a mother. That's how deep it is for me. So I, I, I immediately go to that level of I'm doing this because I want to be proud of my work, all right? 20 years down the line, I want to look at it and remember why I took that picture. So when I get to the, the studio, uh, the client is, you know, giving me a headache. I'm like, after all, this person didn't even pay what I wanted. But immediately, I switch to that zone, and I do what I'm called to do. You understand? So that's my process. I, 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 I go through that mental process of visualizing what I want to do, I think about why I want to do it. And that brings us back to the issue of your personality, your emotional intelligence, your understanding of yourself, and why you do what you do. Yeah. You know, someone wanted to clap because what he said was really... <laughs> yes, please. Please. And that's so key because there was a time I remember I was having a fight with my dad. Yeah? And... I was scrolling through my photo gallery and I see a picture of him carrying me when I was a kid. And that thing, you know, you'd be like, uh, you know, it just... It so yeah, really, really, when a photograph is, is, is done well and done with intent, you know, it's not just enough to just hit. I think, and you know what, funny enough, 
that's one of the things that really makes photography lose its value sometimes, is that there is, there is that lack of intention, you know? Sometimes you just shoot because you can shoot, because you can press, like the button is, is like pinching yourself, that's how easy it is to yeah. take a picture. So that simplicity makes it easy to kind of like distance yourself from the ph photograph. It makes you kind of um, desensitize, that's the word. But really, if, you're, if, you, if you think of the impact, if you think of what this image, if it's done right, if it's done well, could do. If you think of what you're trying to leave in that image, you know, which, which is why painters and, and sculptors and all these guys who use their hands to create, their work is so highly valued because they're literally putting in themselves into it. Their blood, sweat, and tears. Like, that ceramic that, that we're enjoying, someone's sweat literally dropped inside it, literally. That painting that looks so fantastic, her sweat must have, you know, unlike us, we just sit inside easy room, hitting, hitting, hitting. Yeah. We put burst, uh, burst, they will go and look for, you get that kind of thing. So I think intention is really, really going to make the difference going forward because everyone has the gear, everyone can go, can go online and go and learn the skill, like it's there. But what's going to set us apart now is, you know, how, how do we let what is within us Come out. Come out in our work. How do we let it, how are we conscious of it and how do we take advantage of it? I think that's really um, my ideal as an artist and a photographer going forward is to, to, to figure out for yourself what it is about you that makes people drawn to you and makes them repelled by you. I know the things that I would do that, make, that would make someone, that, that, like, the energy would change. And I know what I would do and they'll, they'll brighten up. And then my job is now to like, recreate that as many times as I can in the course of a shoot or my career so that by the time it's all said and done I can look at my, my images and you know feel that same feeling I remember it you know some shots you shoot you look at them you don't even, you don't even like send they don't bring out anything in you and if it doesn't bring out anything in you you can bet it will not bring out anything in someone else who looks at it so I think those little distinctions matter now going forward now that photography is so widespread anyone can pick a phone or save up and get a camera and then go on Udemy or YouTube and binge watch until you have copied everything they used to copy. Those little details about your spirit, your soul, are going to make a difference uh, going forward. So, um, 20 minutes to go forward. Okay, we have a gentleman over there. Good afternoon. My name is Jonathan. And the question I have for you is, can, 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 can you lose maybe you, you lose your photos or your collection of hard work, can it affect you mentally because you actually relate to the work very deep? Can that be possible? I want to take several. Okay, so his question was, um, if I should rephrase it, you know, he's talking about losing your body of work, especially something that you've poured your soul and your heart into, um, how that can affect you mentally. I'm sure we all agree that it's a very devastating loss, right? In December last year, um, thieves broke into my car and stole my cameras, my laptop, four hard drives of all the work I have done in the last four years. Gone. Luckily for me, I had some backed up on Google Photos. So I'll just preach the gospel now. 
back up your photos online. Okay? Google Photos has a very cheap way of doing that. It optimizes your photos so you can just keep uploading automatically. All right? So that's what. And uh, it was like the worst day of my life. Like, uh, you can't even imagine. You know, so um, back up. All right? You know, it's, it's terrible. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, there are some losses you can't manage. You just cope, you just survive, okay? Like the loss of a loved one and so on and so forth. So, but prevention is better than cure. You know, back up all your photos and all of that. You know, funny enough, I think it's the same thing, almost the same thing as losing a loved one. Especially if you've been shooting for a long period of time and you have so much, you know, so many shots stored somewhere and then it disappears for whatever reason. That can, that can cause mental breakdown. You get, that's heartbreak. Because I'm guessing that not only are you emotionally attached to those images? They probably belong to someone or, you know, whatever else is, is you know, around that. So, yeah, you can definitely mess with your mental health. So, uh, yeah, to, yeah, just do what you have to protect yourself. But, yeah, you can. So, this is Sean Asala of Cognito Photography. And I'm Rodney Amokache. Thank you guys for being here. I hope you enjoyed it. I am many things to many people, chief among them is a pretty decent photographer. And while I can trust in my ability to photograph people at a high level, who can I trust when it is my turn to get in front of a camera? The answer is simple, Cognito Photography Studios. I know the head photographer personally and I can vouch for his photography philosophy. The work Cognito Studio puts out is high level and distinct. From the retouching, to the color grading, to the way they relate with customers in front of the camera. They are class. It's the reason why, when I needed promotional portraits for this podcast, I chose Cognito Photography. Without speaking too much, check out the podcast page to see how they immortalized a god. Even better, check out their page on IG at Cognito Studios to see the visual masterpieces they create. Tell them Rodney sent you for a discount. Welcome back to the Young God Podcast, and that's that from my set at the festival. Oh, it was a good time. The love, you know, seeing familiar faces and just, you know, putting out something that is not very often put out in these kinds of um, spaces. So I'm, I'm proud. And, and I felt like I was in my element throughout. Maybe it's because I received a credit alert just before I went on. Nothing puts one's mind at ease than money in the bank. You know? Knowing your balance is good is a mood. And I'm trying to trying to be in that mood for the rest of my motherfucking life, yo. Can I get an amen? Amen! But yeah, I chose this conversation because much like the issue of mental health, most creatives have no idea that their personality isn't just useful for socializing and creating relationships. It also affects your, your, your decisions, both in work and play. Especially as a photographer, where your personality affects everything from the kinds of shots you'd like to look for, to the way your subjects respond to you. You know? 
and to not know to not be aware of these details is almost like shooting blind because the latest gear will not make your model loosen up and your technical expertise will not help you in difficult interpersonal situations so for me the question was how can i be a better person and how will that make me a better photographer how can i learn to depend less on the external equipment and more on my internal awesomeness my godliness you know you know what i mean how can i take advantage of the things that are in me so that they come to the fore and be the the chemical x the secret ingredient that separates my work from that of others because photographers like bad bitches full ground photographers are everywhere the market is saturated and everybody can you know buy a camera attend master classes you know learn all the techniques and everything there is to know about the craft and that puts us all on the same level so to speak i mean let's say there's 10 of us out of 100 people who have mastered you know the technical aspects of the craft what is going to make me separate and distinct from those 10 is how my personality comes out in my work how do i put myself how do i be more intentional and conscious of you know my process as a person and, and as a creative you know i just want more and more creatives to explore themselves a little bit deeper you know i want them to explore themselves the deeper they go into their craft because as you evolve as a person so will your craft as long as there is that connection speaking of connections many people are beginning to connect with the show every day on a very deep level and i am pleased pleased oh i wish you could see my face or you could see how i light up when when these messages come in when i get the email that there's a new voice message in from a fan it just brightens up my day and i am pleased to share some of those voice messages who are from from fans who are bold enough to let their voices be heard and feelings be known i don't take it for granted at all and i find it deeply entertaining hearing some of you try not to fumble your words for 60 seconds i appreciate the effort now you know how i feel <laughs> anyway i just want i just want to um apologize in advance about the sound quality of one of the recordings seems to be an issue on his end but i still selected it for this episode because it was truly heartfelt and i really wanted you guys to hear this so that said happy listening hey rodney um thank you so much for making for the podcast for the young god podcast like um and thank you so much for for sharing your experience with the episode about how you drove without the without your car horn for 2 weeks um like that's literally the first young god podcast episode i have finished listening to the first one i finished listening to completely since then i've listened to at least three other ones which is great i really i really loved the way you shared your story like literally from the beginning you had me glued like you 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 it was so beautiful you had me glued i was so into it and the way you tell it the way you you share the experience 
yeah, the way you 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 expressed it, you told it, you you led the story from the from the backstory to to the middle to like the climax and all that. that was beautiful and amazing. And one of the things that I really saw in in all that you said and this but and you didn't say this explicitly is that like the fact that we're just so into horns in Nigeria just points to the deeper dysfunction in our society. You know, how we want things quickly, how how we have no patience whatsoever, you know easy quick gratification that kind of thing because when you think about it someone's like okay a small situation they are horning like okay i need to get out of my space like immediately you know and and it's 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 really refreshing to see someone highlight that those dysfunctions yeah and it's 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 super refreshing to listen to someone highlight those dysfunctions and it's even more refreshing to listen to you tell about how it changed you, how it made you more practiced, more more deliberate, more patient, you know, more empathetic really because you you're really in the shoes of another person, you know, how it reduced your anxiety, how it really made you control what you can control and be willing to adapt to whatever is thrown at you, you know, like perfect examples like junctions or someone about to hit you, you know. And really the beautiful thing about this is like these kind of things seep into your life. So like your anxiety levels just reduce, you know, you're more you're happier, you know, you're going about your 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 shit and it's it's really refreshing. And I really appreciate you for sharing this experience. Yo, Ronnie. It's your boy Kenneth. Uh, first and foremost, let me just say big ups to you, bro. Uh, the podcast really goes strong. And I love your love your content, love the shit you put on here. Um, I really have to say that the topic for today was really inspiring, and I really think uh, it was it was very very insightful. I never saw it from that perspective, how negative thoughts can, you know, actually protect you from yourself. So, really, it's a good thing. Uh, really, keep it up, and God bless, man. Cheers. If you remember, I introduced it to Live Lifestyle as a sponsor at the start of the show. They are a healthy lifestyle brand based here in Abuja and they specialize in the little things that make your life better. They have a cute little cafe slash store in Wuse 2 where they stock healthy products from your favorite vendors, whether it's a snack or a smoothie, even cooking ingredients. But perhaps my favorite thing, my absolute favorite thing, is their Greek yogurt bowl. I'm not a health freak, but it hits the spot every time. Imagine a big bowl of pure white yogurt topped with cashew nuts, coconut shavings, raisins, dates, almond nuts, and some other stuff I cannot pronounce. And then there's the honey. Oh god. Visit the store at GCL Plaza, we'll say two, or call 090-522-73768. Tell them Rodney sent you for a discount. Thank you for listening. 
I hope this was a good use of your time. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Young God Podcast. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Remember that you can share your thoughts with me by sending a voice message. Just click the link in the description of this episode and you will be able to record a one-minute message right from within your favorite app or browser, which I can then respond to and play in future episodes. How cool is that? I can't wait to hear from you all. Follow the Young God Podcast on IG at the Young God Pod, and follow me, your host, on both IG and Twitter at Rodney Avo. That's Rodney A V O, one word. Remember to go out there and be a God among men. Rodney, out. This episode was brought to you by Cognito Photography Studios. Check them out on Instagram at Cognito Studios for your weddings, portraits, event coverage, and so much more. Photography for the gods, yo.